Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. couple shout-outs. My cousin Cindy Rosso Grub. I don't know how to say her last name now. My cousin, uh, uh, want to give her a shout out? No, she's been watching some. And also, uh, Mary Lou and Frank Locke. I don't know if Frank's watching, but I keep seeing Mary Lou responding. So thank you. Uh, he was my swim coach. Uh, great guy and a great couple. So uh, thanks for uh, watching. And I also want to say thank you to the Miller family who are going to be hosting on Sunday night. This Sunday, if anybody can make it, we're meeting Sunday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's a long story, but there's shade and everything, so it works out better that time. And then July 5th, we won't be meeting, okay? July 5th, we won't be meeting, taking that week off, July 5th. So I'll keep you updated on all that. But online, rain or shine, there's always going to be a sermon there, rain or shine. There'll be an online, and there's worship on the site. And uh, you can always go on our website if you want to know what's going on, where we're meeting. Website, www.newhopechurchpa.org. And you can follow along on that, okay? The title for today, though, is Living by Faith. Living by Faith. 2 Kings 5, which we're in, but also going to jump over to Galatians 2.20. But to start out, I'm going to tell you a story about my very first car. Uh, I really wanted a car, and I sold my cow, and I had enough money after selling the cow to buy the car. I remember it was like $700 back then. And it was a, it was a 1972 Super Beetle. A Super Beetle, a yellow Super Beetle. It was yellow for a reason, as you're going to... It had a lot of problems with it. <laughs> and I'll never forget, I wanted this car. I saw it along the road, and I wanted to buy it. And my dad's like, well, let me go look at it with you. I'm like, no, Dad, leave me alone. I, I can pick out my own car. I sold my cow. I'm going to pick my car. You know, and I, you're just going to try to talk me out of buying this, which he should have done. I'm not going to tell you all the things that were wrong with it. But anyway... I I went and bought this car, I bring it home, and I'll never forget, the guy was telling me when I was getting ready to go, he said, no, it's got an automatic clutch. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, yeah. no, no, it's got an automatic clutch, you can either push on the floor for the automatic clutch, or you can, you can push on the floor, use the clutch to shift, or you can push down on the handle and shift because it had an automatic clutch on the handle, uh, the, the gear shifter there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so what, that's what he said. What I heard him say was it has an automatic clutch, so you can either shift it, push down the clutch and shift, or you can just put it in first gear and it will shift itself. Automatic, right? Automatic. So I figured it was something I could shift or not shift, depending on what I felt like doing. That's what I heard him say. That's not what he said. So anyway, I, I get this car and I bring it home and, and I love this car and I'm you know showing it off and driving it around. And for the first week, I shifted it because I, I, I knew how to shift. That's how I grew up shifting on the farm. But then after about a week, I got bored with shifting. I said, I'm just going to let it shift itself now. Automatic and let it shift itself. So I put it in the first gear and I drive around. But strange thing happened to my Super Beetle. I would be driving it and, and it would never, I couldn't get it back up to the former speeds. I got it pretty high speeds uh, earlier on. Country roads, country roads. And I, but I could not get it going. Even on the long country roads, I could barely get it almost to 50 miles an hour. That's all it would go. I'm like, oh, darn car, you know. Thought I was going to, you know, was going faster speeds before and now I can't even get it to 50. Oh, well, it must be because it's a 
Volkswagen, you know, little yellow Super Beetle. And so, but it was loud too. It was just whining, just so, all of a sudden it got loud. It was like driving in an army tank, you know? You'd be in the tank and it was so loud, couldn't hear. You talk to the person next to you, they couldn't hear. It just got really loud. And people would hear me coming from a long way off. I'd be going to a friend's house or, or, or pick up a girl and uh, they'd be like, oh, I heard you coming from about three miles away. I knew you were coming. I could hear it. And it was just really, really loud. And uh, and my dad was, and it kept burning belts, kept burning belts in oil. It would use up a lot of oil and kept burning the belts. So I kept having to stop, you know, burn a belt, call my dad. He'd come bring me a new belt. And he, he's like, Chuck, something's not right with your car. Something's not right. I want to check it. No, dad, you're just picking up my car. Leave me alone. You just never let, let me do what I, you know, never let me make my own decisions, that whole thing. And, and, and he's like, but it's so loud. I go, dad, that's because it's a super beetle. It's a super beetles are loud. And he's like, so this kept happening, burning belts, burning oil, you know, loud, loud, loud. And I'll never forget after about a month of this, I was pulling out of the, pulling around the driveway, going to head out to, for another ride. My dad got in front of me and said, stop the car. Something is not right. And he went and he got into the passenger seat, sat down, he goes, okay, now let's drive. I want to hear it from the inside. So I put it in the first gear and I start driving. I pull out in the road and... <laughs> and my dad's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I go, what do you mean? He goes, shift the car. And I go, and we're yelling at each other because it's so loud, right? And I'm like, I don't need to. He goes, what are you talking about? I go, it's, a, it's got an automatic clutch. And my dad said, stop the car. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> he's like, you idiot, you know, what are you doing? And, and he's like, you have to shift the car. He goes, oh, I'm going to clutch. He goes, it doesn't mean that. It means you can use the handle. He, oh, boy, did he roast me on that one. Oh, but he saved me because I didn't burn any more belts and didn't burn up any more oil. And it was a lot quieter and I could get it over 550 miles an hour, no problem, uh, when I shifted out of those gears. And I know what a lot of you are thinking, you are crazy. That is crazy insane that's crazy but it sounds crazy but i'm going to say that most of us do the same thing not with the car but most of us do this spiritually spiritually most christians most of us are stuck in first gear first gear now we saw last week we were in the, the story in second kings 5 the story of Naaman, how he thought, the, Naaman the leper thought he could be saved by human effort. Now we talked about that and we said, mm -mm, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. No, 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 no works. Now if you did not hear that one last week, I'd encourage you to hit the pause button and then go back and listen to it, then come back to this again, because they build on each other, okay? But anyway, we saw last week that we are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Nothing we can do. Good works do follow. Verse 10, they do follow. They're important. They show our faith is real, but they have nothing to do with salvation. Nothing. But we establish that very clearly. But even as Christians, after we do put our faith in Christ, we're saved by faith alone in Christ alone. Even after that, we can still fall into the same trap. The same trap. We, we are saved by faith. That doesn't, nothing changes that. But then we try to live out our sanctification by our own effort. 
which is like driving around in spiritual first gear, just like I was driving around in that Super Beetle in first gear. It's like driving around in first gear that, and we end up spiritually burning out. We end up burning out and it's because we, we make the same mistakes someone does who's trying to be saved by faith. Then we try to reach our sanctification. We try to live the Christian life by, I'm sorry, the same thing they do trying to be saved by works instead of faith. We slip into the same trap and we think we can be, live by our own effort instead of by faith. We fall into that same trap and then we end up driving around in first gear spiritually and we burn out. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word and we thank you for this truth of your word. And I, Lord, I just pray that every one of us would know that we're saved by faith, but also after that being saved by faith, that we would live by faith. I pray that your Holy Spirit would drive this point home today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're saved by faith, right? But how do we live the Christian life? How do we live it? This is what I usually hear as, as I've been in ministry pff, 35 years now. And this is what I usually hear when someone, I've been messing up lately, but I'm going to really start trying harder now. I'm going to really start trying. I've been messing up, but this is a new, this is, I'm on a retreat, came back to church. I'm going to really try now. What does that sound like? Faith or human effort? <laughs> you got it. It's human effort. I'm going to really try. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to really turn it around now. I'm going to try now. It, it's, it's human effort. The Galatians said the same thing. Naaman said the same thing for salvation. The Galatians said the same thing for living out the Christian life. Let's see what Paul says to them in Galatians 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians. <laughs> I'm going to read that one again. How would you like to have Paul as your pastor? You foolish Galatians. It's a really, he, he, it's a really, uh, in the Greek, it's a, like this emotional, oh, you idiots, you know? Uh, that's, that's what he is saying here, okay? Some versions of the versions you have is ignorant. You ignorant. You knuckleheads, right? How would you like to be in his church? But anyway, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you His Spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard. Now he once again calls him foolish several times and he says Jesus was clearly portrayed as crucified. When Jesus was crucified he's saying he was put on public view as a public notice. Everybody saw it happen. Everybody in Jerusalem could look over that hill and see Jesus being crucified. And the last thing that Jesus said was it is finished. Nothing more we can do. There's nothing we can add to the death of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Nothing we can do. And then he says in verse 2, uh, Galatians 3, verse 2, where it says, I would, look, learn to, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Did you re receive the Spirit at salvation? He's saying, did you, when you were saved, you received the Holy Spirit. Was that because you believed or because you observed the law? You earned that somehow. And it's a rhetorical question. It's obviously by faith, right? We, we, we're saved by faith, not works, okay? We hope that's clear by now after last week and what we just started with. But then in verse 3, he says, Are you so foolish? 
After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? He said, after beginning by faith, are you trying to shift gears uh, the wrong way? Are you trying to move into human effort now? Are you trying to move forward through human effort? Are, we, we, are you living by faith or works? And they were trying to live by works, by human effort, by following the law. The Galatians, were, they'd fallen into a trap. And Paul said, whoa, 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 you fell into a trap trying to follow the law, to, to, to move forward spiritually somehow. And he says this, uh, verses 4 and 5, After have you suffered so much for nothing? Have earlier was for nothing? Now here we go. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? By does, does, how does God work here? We're, he's saying you're saved by faith. You are saved by faith, but now you're trying to live out the Christian life by human effort. By human effort. That's what you've, you've made. The, the, the same mistake that someone makes, the same mistake that Naaman made, the same mistake that most people who have never put their faith in Christ, the, the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to work their way into heaven. They're trying to earn their way into heaven. We make clear you can't do that. Oh, that's ridiculous. Why are they doing that? But after we put our faith in Jesus, so many of us, all of us at one time or another, fall into the trap of the Galatians who are now trying to... to you, through human effort, please God. Or through human effort, live out the Christian life. Through human effort, achieve sanctification by, by really trying harder. But listen, Paul's making a point here. God did it at salvation, through faith, and we need to let him do it now for sanctification. Just like we trusted Jesus for our salvation, we must trust him for our sanctification. It's completely depending on him. And let's look at the result of trying to do it on our own, in our own power, in first gear, not shifting into the Holy Spirit gear, but in our own power. Look at the result of trying to live our own power in the flesh, live out the Christian life in the flesh. We end up with legalism. Legalism, right? That we fall into legalism. Even devotions are a chore. Spending time in the Word or with prayer, even that's a chore because oh, I got to spend this much time and read this much and pray this much. It just becomes a chore because we're trying to do it in our own effort. Ministry. We try to minister in our own power and we hit the wall. Why am I hitting the wall? It's because we're doing it in our own power. Or, or pride comes out with that. Or pride comes out with our purity. It, we, we fall into pride. We, we, we say, God, look what I did. I, I haven't, I haven't fallen to this sin, X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. I haven't fallen to that sin for a whole day. Didn't I do great? Look what I did. I, I, I held on for a whole day. Isn't, are you happy, God? And God's not pleased. Why? Because we did it for, by ourselves. We didn't depend on Him. We did it by ourselves to please Him. It's a false pride that we have. And he, God knows it can't last. He knows it won't last. It's only a matter of time before we crash. Before we crash. And that's what happens. We fall into a, a pattern of defeat. We, when we're trying on our own effort, we try, we fail, we sin, we get, uh, we feel guilty, we, we get frustrated, we start self-condemnation. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? You know, self-condemnation. I remember we were talking about self-condemnation once and a husband and wife came up and the wife said, when you talked about self-condemnation, that was me. And the husband said, yep, I told her she could get a job as a tour guide for guilt trips. You know, forget that. But, but that's what we do. We, 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 we give up. We finally give up and we fake it. We go through this bad cycle in the flesh, trying to do it and we can't do it. And then we give up and we fake it. And people say to us at church, how's it going? Going great. Going great. But on that fake 
plastic mat. Going great, everything's great, and it's not great. We're we're dying spiritually, right? And and I call this white knuckle Christianity. White knuckle Christianity is we we just hang on, we just hang on, we just try to hang on and and try to live a certain way and do a certain thing. And and it's white knuckle Christianity, but like Paul said, we're really knuckleheads, is what we are. And we and so many times we get frustrated, and we get mad at God because it's not working, and it's not even what He told us to do. It's not even what he told us to do. The secret, what God has told us to do, back up from Galatians 3 to Galatians 2.20, and I hope you have this one memorized. If not, memorize it today. All right. But Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. I'm going to say it again. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. By faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. We are saved by faith and now we must live by faith. And I know this, this sounds so simple, but we don't do it. it we, we live by faith. I can only live this new life in Jesus Christ by complete faith by complete dependence on Jesus Christ. I have to be in complete dependence. So here's the difference. When we're tempted, instead of white knuckle, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, instead of that white knuckle, say, no, hands off. You know, I'm not going to try. God, I can't do this. I don't even want to do it. I want to sin. I want to give in. Uh, I need your mercy and grace. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mercy and grace. Mercy means the forgiveness and grace means the strength not to give in again or not to fall, but depending on God. God, I need your mercy and grace. I must say that a thousand times a day. Mercy and grace. I just say mercy and grace. God knows what I mean right away. I know what I mean. It puts me right back into that mode. God, mercy and grace. I'm I'm struggling I'm going to struggle. Mercy and grace. I need your mercy and grace. Mercy and grace constantly. And then, then when, I, when we do mess up, what do we often do? Instead of trying to clean ourselves up and be good for the day or two days or three days, whatever we think we have to do in order to come back to God, which is crazy because we're never good enough to come before God, humanly. But instead of trying to clean ourselves up, which... Tends not to even happen. What happens? We, we, we keep, we go down the toilet, starts the downward spiral because we're never ready to come back to God. We're never pure enough or something. Instead of trying to get ourselves cleaned up and earn our way back into God's presence, no, no, we confess it immediately. And we break the cycle immediately. And then earlier, then we, over time, we're going to learn to, right when the thought hits, confess it right when the thought hits. Don't wait till we mess up. Do it with the first thought, the first sinful thought. The first sinful impulse. Confess that immediately. Mercy and grace right away. And, and instead of earning our way back into God's presence by being good for a certain amount of time, right away, even when we're messing up, after we mess up, go right to God. Confess it. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Hope you have that one memorized. You know, just constantly confessing and coming to God for purifying and putting on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Ministry. Instead of like, instead of like, gonna, gonna do this on our own power, we don't even think about God, we're just doing it. No, no. God, I can't do it. It's all you. 
All you, John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can do what? Nothing. We can do nothing. Nothing that's really going to last. Anything that we do on our own power is not going to last. It's, it's nothing in God's sight. It, it, ministry, complete dependence on God. Devotional time, prayer and spending time with God and in, in the Word and Bible. You know, God... I can't even desire to do this without you pulling me. I need you to draw me. I need you to illuminate the Bible. I need you to bring it alive. I need your Holy Spirit to, to convict me and to, and to cut me to the heart and to transform me through this time. As, as uh, fathers or mothers, as fathers, as a husband or a dad or as a mom, as a wife or a mom, uh, instead of you know trying to you know be that godly dad or or husband or mom or wife it's like god by grace it's by grace instead of trying to you know get the kids to act a certain way behave a certain way no it's it's parenting by grace extending grace extending mercy and grace learning to do that because they just like we struggle they struggle they need to they need to experience from us that mercy and grace that's what's going to really transform them. That's what's going to transform our marriages is when we depend on God's mercy and grace, becoming grace, graceful husbands and a graceful wife and graceful parents and kids too. Uh, don't leave you out. So th- that's the difference because we are saved by faith and now we have to live by faith. We are saved by putting our faith in God's grace. And we live out the Christian life by putting our faith in God's grace. If we don't daily depend on, put our faith in His grace to to live this way, we're going to fall flat on our face. We're going to keep flopping. We're going to be stuck in first gear. We're going to be falling on our face flopping. It reminds me of the first time I went water skiing with a couple of friends, it was a good friend of mine and her boyfriend, he had a boat, and, uh, and I will, I'll, I'll Facebook, uh, Facebook, I'm sure you remember this, and uh, she, she was a really good friend and her, her became good friends with her boyfriend, they had this boat, and they were going to take us water skiing, uh, myself and another friend, uh, well it's Carrie and Randy, or the, 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 they're married now, and the friend was Eric, I think Eric, Eric was with me and myself, so I'm going to have to blast you guys all on Facebook here. But the they we they took us to the Niagara River. I'd never been water skiing before. I would think I was a senior in high school or maybe I was just in college, you know, starting college. And growing up on the farm, we grew up right next to Lake Ontario, but we didn't water ski. We did hay bales, right? But she's like, we're going to take you guys water skiing. And, and it's not hard. And sure enough, we got out on the Niagara River. And it was pretty choppy. Niagara River is not exactly smooth, but Lake Ontario wasn't much better. So we're on the Niagara River. It's pretty choppy. But I see them out there skiing. And, and it looks so easy. You know, they, Randy did it. Carrie did it. So easy. I think even Eric did it. Uh, even Eric did it. <laughs> so so uh, but I could do it easy because I was an athlete. I was a farm boy. Strong. I was an athlete. Uh, I did sports in college i was strong and uh not anymore i know but anyway i i but i was gonna water ski and, and it looks so easy so easy and and so they told us what to do i i get it i get out there and say put the rope between your your skis and the skis are sticking up out of the water and the ropes through that and say okay now the boat's gonna pull you up just hang on to the rope and and sure enough boom i went boom, right up again oh i was strong oh popped right up no problem as soon as i got up i pulled on the rope and guess what I did? Wham! Right back on my back. 
flying. They're like, don't pull the rope. They come around. Look, listen, Chuck, I'll never forget there. Don't pull the rope. You got to be easy. Just hold on. Just let this key. But it didn't. I just felt like I had to do something. You know, you know, it came right up. But I, I was used to doing sports and and hay, hay bales and and had to do something. I felt like I had to do something. So I couldn't get it in my head not to do anything, just to hold the rope. And they lined me up again, and they went again. I went up and I pulled the rope. I couldn't stop doing it. And, and they, they're like, Chuck, come on, stop it. They're giving me a hard time, you know. And even there, even there, was laughing at me. So they're, let's try this again. And so I did it again. Cop popped up, no problem. Doing okay. And I pulled the rope. I fell on my face, fell backward. This kept happening. I, I think it was the seventh time the seventh time and now we're on the niagara river we're moving toward the falls and they're starting to joke we couldn't see the falls yet but we were getting a little closer and and i'll never forget they started joking chuck one more time we're letting you go over the falls and i would have i was headed toward the falls right and then one more time you're going over the falls and and uh so i the next i'll never forget i think it was the seventh time i'll never forget i get up Pulled up and I, I did this, uh, no, no, and the rope started getting slack and I put my arms back out, went tight, pulled again, this, I kept doing this, doing this, and finally I stopped. And it was amazing. I was water skiing, flying around, we were cutting outside the wake, and, and I did backflips, and no, I did it. I'm hanging on to the rope, I stayed in the wake mostly, but I did pop out a few times. And, and I was like, this is fun, this is easy, this is nothing to it. And, but I, I, every once in a while I would do, no, no, don't pull the rope, no, just hold on. Hold on. And that's what the Christian life is like. We, we, we're saved. We get pulled up out of that water, right? We get pulled right out. That's Jesus pulling out of our, us out of our sin. And we hang on to the rope. We put our faith in him. He pulls us out of the water. We're saved from our sin. We're saved from eternal judgment. We, we are saved from our old life and given a new life. We're, we're now water skiing. But as soon as we, we're pulled up, the key is to keep hanging on to that rope. To keep Staying in complete dependence, not taking things into our own hand, not trying to live by our own power, not pulling on the rope. You know, oh, I don't like where it's going. I'm gonna pull it this way. I'm gonna pull. It. I'm gonna cut outside the wake, right? You know, start pulling, trying to pull the boat a different way. We start trying to do it ourselves, and that's when we run into trouble. We we must learn to just hang on to that rope. Right? And wherever Jesus takes us, we follow him. And, and we're completely depending on him. Whatever he's called us to do, wherever he's called us to do it, whatever he, whatever he's called us to do, we are completely hanging on to the rope. We're depending on his power. We're depending on his strength. We're depending on his direction. We're living by faith. Living by faith. How about you? Have you been pulling on the rope, falling flat on your face? <laughs> Have you been doing that? Uh, are you living by human effort? or by faith? Human effort or by faith? Are you still pulling on the rope, still flapping, or are, you hanging, are we hanging on to Jesus and living by his mercy and grace? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith. Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you to, to do this today. I need you to, to love my wife. I need you to treat my kids with grace. I need you to do this ministry. I need you to be nice to this neighbor who's being a pain in the butt. I need you to, I need you to go to work today. I don't feel like going to work today. I need you to get through this day. There's coronavirus and riots and crazy stuff going on. I need, I need you to face what I need to face today. I need you. That's living by faith. 
And I want to ask once again, have you been saved by faith? Have you been saved by faith? Or like Naaman the leper, are you still depending on your own human efforts? Or, or, have you, have you, or have you taken hold of the rope, Jesus Christ, and let him pull you out of the water, out of sin, out of your old life, out of judgment? Are you, are you completely depending on Jesus Christ? You, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, taking that rope and trusting him, faith, in, faith alone in Christ alone for your salvation, to get you right with God, to spend eternity in heaven someday, to give you a brand new life and, and, and pull you out away from your old life into a brand new life, a life of repentance and, and renewal. Have you done that? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? Let's pray. As we go this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Maybe you realize that you've never been saved by faith. You've never reached for that rope, Jesus Christ, and let him pull you out of sin and out of judgment and out of your old life and out of the world. But today you're ready to take that, that, that step of faith. You're ready to that reach of faith to take a hold of Jesus. What he did on that cross in our place, dying for us, gave his blood and body for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever believed, not just intellectually, but the word believe in the Greek means to completely put your faith and trust, dependence, on Jesus Christ, his death, his resurrection. You can do that right now. The prayer of faith. God, I, I know that I am saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. I put my faith in him. I take hold of that rope. I ask you to pull me away from the sin. I repent of that sin, the old life, my old self, the world. I, I ask you to pull me away from that because I'm taking hold of Jesus, putting my faith in him, and I'm going to go where you take me. I'm giving you control of my life. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened. You have become a brand new person. In Jesus Christ. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, we already have salvation. How about our sanctification? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Maybe you're being convicted today of, of an area of your life where you've been living by your own effort. We've been living by our own power instead of complete dependence, instead of living by faith. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Are you ready to shift out of that first gear into the second, third, fourth gear? Are you ready to stop falling flat on your face and stop pulling on that rope and saying, God, I'm not going to do this anymore. You saved me. Now I'm going to trust you to sanctify me. I'm going to trust you to make me a new person. I'm just going to hang out and go where you take me and depend on you, your strength, to, to fight these battles. Depend on your strength to, to be transformed. I'm going to depend on you.
Father, I pray that each person who hears this would be saved by faith and live by faith. I pray that their today would be different. This week would be different because we're living by your power. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if you have put your faith in Christ, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe uh, you have a friend who's a Christian or a family member or you know of a church near you or whatever. But, but, but if you don't have anybody to tell and share that with so they can be excited for you and, and can encourage you spiritually, then email me. I'll get you connected. I'll, I'll encourage you or I'll help connect you with someone. Uh, nhcc at comcast.net. Okay? All right. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next week.